Thanks, everybody, for coming this evening. Um, I'm going to open with prayer, if we could bow our heads. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this day. Lord, thank you for being such a, a mighty, all-powerful, ever-living God. Thank you that you gave us this wonderful church and this wonderful group of people. I pray that you would um, bless us all tonight. Help me to spread uh, the great news of your gospel, Lord, clearly and concisely, and just pray that you would help us to enjoy the evening, help us to glorify your name, Lord, in everything that we do. In your name we pray. So as Joe said, my name is Chris Ackenrode. I've been attending the church for 11 years now. I'm married to my wife, Randy Ackenrode. Everybody knows her as the dietitian. Um, we have three children. My oldest is Hudson, who just turned nine. Uh, the middle girl is Marley. She is seven. And my youngest son is Everest, who is three. I have been serving as a deacon, I don't know for how long, five or six years. I am the building and grounds manager here at the church. Um, and I'm also a member of the financial team. For, I've been for both of those for about four or five years, um, and I love it. I, I really enjoy what I do. Um, by trade, I'm a civil engineer, so I'm a professional civil engineer. I work in Altoona. We live on Third Street here in Indiana. I was going to start this evening with a joke, but Joe did one of those run it by your wife first, um, which usually means you're probably better off not saying it. <laughs> so. I'm going to skip the joke, and, and I'll save it for next time. There will be a next time. Joe definitely wasn't joking about the light. I, I want to, like, walk into it like I've, like I've died and went to heaven. It is so bright up here. He was not kidding. I can hardly see. So I'm working around that. I'm going to start with um, Proverbs 6. So this, uh, I guess you could call it reading, or uh, I, don't, I don't want to say sermon because I'm not a a pastor, but my teaching is on diligence, is the subject tonight, and we will start in Proverbs 6. Proverbs 6 reads, Go to the ant, O sluggard, consider her ways and be wise. Without having any chief, officer, or ruler, she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest. How long will you lie there, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. Um, I underlined two words, actually in the first sentence, the word ant and the word sluggard. Um, so ants, uh, accordingly, are considered very diligent in the fact that they never seem or they never appear to stop moving. I don't know if you ever watched an ant, but they never seem to stop moving. So I did a little ant research. I'm not, I don't know a whole lot about ants, so I had to do a little bit of research. And basically what I found was that they take approximately 250 one-minute naps a day. So they basically move. There's three different types of ants. Um, per se, there's the worker ants, there's 
pretty common. I mean, obviously they, they do the work, right? They do the chores. Um, there are the scout ants, which find the food, and there are the soldier ants, which protect the nest. And with the exception of those one-minute breaks, approximately 250 of them, they are moving constantly. They are constantly and continually doing their job. Thus, they are defined as diligent. Um, a sluggard, on the other hand, a um, couple you know, different versions of that word are laziness and slow. Um, so it says, go to the ant, O sluggard, consider her ways and be wise without having any chief officer or ruler. Um, so my take on this really, and, and a lot of these other verses in Proverbs ap- apply to work, the word work, you know, diligently work, diligently doing your job, wh- whatever job that may be, um, whether it's a pastor, whether it's an engineer, whether it's a teacher, um, you know, don't just do your job um, and, and go home and, um, you know, I, I, I hate to say relax, but, you know, take your job seriously. Um, I think that's the whole purpose of this, this series on Proverbs. That's what I got out of reading Proverbs is the word diligent basically means um, perseverance and being consistent, being faithful. Um, so I now want to jump to Proverbs 10. I don't know if we have that one. Proverbs 10, verses 4 and 5. Proverbs 10, verse 4 says, A slack hand causes poverty, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. He who gathers in summer is a prudent son, but he who sleeps in harvest is a son who brings shame. Going to go to Proverbs 12, verses 11 and 14. Whoever works his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows worthless pursuits lacks sense. 14. From the fruit of his mouth, a man is satisfied with good, and the work of a man's hand comes back to him. Then I'm going to read the last one, which is Proverbs 13. Verses 4 and 11. So verse 4 is, The soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. Wealth gained hastily will dwindle, but whoever gathers little by little will increase it. Again, we can see uh, hand in hand um, the words, Diligent makes rich under Proverbs 10. Um, and it talks about sleeping, again, sluggard, sleeps, um, slow, worthless pursuits. Um, <clears throat> from the fruit of a mouth, a man is satisfied with good, and the work of a man's hand comes back to him. The soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, uh, while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. So you can see the two terms go basically hand in hand. Um, I'm a more practical person. So I read these and I didn't get a whole lot from them. So I decided to take the word diligent and apply it to our everyday lives. So I'm going to go about this a little bit differently than than probably somebody else would. The first thing I'd like to point out, which I thought this was really interesting, the word diligent, diligence, or diligently appears 62 times in the King James Version of the Bible. 
Approximately half of them are in the Old Testament and the other half are in the New Testament. So what that tells me is if Jesus, if God is using the word diligent and diligently, we need to know what it means and we need to apply it. So what is the definition of diligence? I went to Webster for this one. Pretty obvious. Um, Webster defines this, the word diligence, as steady, earnest, and energetic effort. Um, I had actually had a little, did a little bit more research on the word diligence and came up with a couple other words. Persistent, I thought was a good one. Diligent, persistent, or a lot of effort, um, or working carefully. So that defines the word diligent. The opposing words or the opposites are lazy, neglect, carelessness, the word sluggard or slow, a procrastinator, and I also added making up excuses. So you got diligence and then you got the opposing words. I also said from what I read on the word diligence in both the Old Testament and the New Testament, I would biblically define that, this is me personally, as the word diligence meaning having a desire for God or to have a relationship with him. That's how I saw the word diligent. What I want to go to next are various examples in the Bible of Jesus himself being diligent. I always like to try to apply what Jesus did when he walked this earth 2,000 years ago to um, these types of words and these types of verses. So in what ways was Jesus, was Jesus diligent? Um, the obvious one, preaching of the gospel, right? Um, no matter which uh, New Testament story you read, especially in Matthew, Mark, you know, Luke, and John, from when he was a very young teenager, he was going town to town, spreading the good news constantly, you know, very diligently. Um, the other one was praying to God. You know, Jesus often went to the desert, went up the mountain, um, and he prayed, right, went to the wilderness. So, you know, Jesus was very diligent in his, in his praying, in his prayer life. Um, he was also a very diligent, what I would classify as a very diligent teacher. Uh, how many times did he have to tell the apostles that he was the Savior? Um, I mean, over and over and over again. He was just constantly saying, why, you know, why can't you see who I am? How come you can't see? I've told you. But he was very diligent in teaching, you know, not overbearing, but just diligent, very consistent. And then lastly, uh, number four, he was very diligent at saving people of their sins, right? Um, I think the, one of the best um, lines in the Bible is when, when Jesus is dying on the cross, right? He's, his life has come to an end. What is he doing on the cross? There's an apparent murderer on his right, and what is he doing? He's, he's saving him, right? I mean, to the very last hour, his last breath, Jesus is diligently saving us. He's saving the guy to his right. I, to me, that was, um, you know, saving people of, of his sins. That's, that's what I think of when I think of the word diligent, and I relate that to Jesus. Excuse me. So, the first, first heading 
Zach is diligently work because that's what it, that's what's in Proverbs. So um, I'm going to put a heading on this, and I'm going to talk about diligently working. That's going to be the first topic or the first subject. I just have a couple questions. I don't want you to answer them out loud for obvious reasons. Do you diligently perform your work or your tasks? Or are you there just to collect a paycheck? Are you just at work to gossip to others? Are you at work just to see how little you can get done, just to get paid? Um, I want to jump then to Colossians 3.23, which reads, sorry, Zach, I didn't give you this one. I apologize. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as the reward. So, you know, you talk about diligence, you talk about your work, you, you think about your job. You know, I think about my job as an engineer. Um, it can be certainly overbearing, overwhelming. Um, there are times when, you, you know, you just want to stop work uh, and maybe just there's this something I, I got to get off my chest. You know, I, I got to... I got to tell somebody else or I, you know what this person did um, and I get this, I have these all the time happen to me at work where I'm like, this person just called. I really want to talk bad about them because the, you know, the call did not go right. But I, you know, I just find myself praying, praying, Lord, please help me to be diligent. Get me back on track, right? Help me to concentrate on my work at hand. Um, so, I mean, how often are we as sinners um, you know, are we there just to collect a paycheck at work? I would hope not. Um, but I think there are times or days where we have to really question, are we being diligent? Are we working for the Lord? Or are we just working to get a paycheck? Um, I think as, as humans, especially living in the United States, we think we have it really rough, Right. We, we think we've had, we have some really, really bad days. I, I, I think at times we don't think what it's like to live and work in a third world country. What is it like to wake up every day not knowing if you're going to have food on the table, to not knowing if, if you're going to have somewhere to sleep, to not knowing really if you're going to live the next day. Um, but I think we can often at times take our work for granted. I, I mean, I know I do. And I just challenge you to think about that, pray about it, about how you do your job, specifically work, and how you can relate that to working for the Lord and associate it with working for the Lord and not working for, you know, humans. Um, I also, I think about my grandparents and maybe your grandparents and great-grandparents. Um, my grandparents uh, grew up on a farm, a dairy farm, uh, 40 dairy cows, seven children. My grandpa worked seven days a week. He worked about 16 hours a day. I don't think he ever left the state as long as he lived. I don't, I don't believe he ever left the state of Pennsylvania. Um, he never took a vacation. Um, you know, and this was only 40 years ago. So I, I think there's, you know, the farmers, you got the factory workers, the coal miners. Um, these are some serious, serious jobs that require a lot of diligence. Um, 
And I think whenever we, maybe we're having a bad day at work, or maybe we're thinking, I, I'm not sure if I really want to be here. I don't know what I'm doing. I, I, I try to just think about third world countries. Think about them having to work just to put food on the table and just to live another day. Um, or to think about our grandparents who worked very, very hard to get us where we're at today. Um, I also, just one other point on diligently working. I don't want to take it to the extreme. I know there's, to me, there is such thing as overworking, right? If, if you overwork and you dedicate 24-7 to your job, you tend to leave Christ out of the picture, right? You tend to be so inundated, so overwhelmed with your job, you can't put your phone down, that it affects our walk with the Lord. Um, I know it, it has happened to me multiple times where I'm at home, I'm with my family, and my phone rings. I, I, I have to check it, right? I, I mean, no, I don't, but I do. I look at it, right? I, I get back, and it's, it's too much. Um, you don't need to answer every text message and every email within three minutes. It can wait. <laughs> um, but I, I think, you know, there is, there's diligently working, <clears throat> and then there's, there's overworking. So I, I just want to stress to be diligent, you know, to, to work for the Lord, to, to do your job, bearing Jesus in mind, and, you know, go into your day saying, Lord, I'm going to I'm going to work for you. Um, I'm, going to set, I'm going to set everything else aside, money, struggles, life situations, and I'm going to dedicate 100% to my job. Um, so that was subject number one, diligently work, um, which is, is all over the Proverbs that we just met. Subject number two is diligently pray. So I'm going to start with a question. Do not answer this. But how many people in here have said to someone, I will pray for you. I, I, will, I will pray for you. How many times have you forgot to pray? It happens, right? But that's not the point. How many times have you said, I will pray for you. As you're walking away, you mumble some prayer and then you just hit the checkbox, right? I told him I'd pray for them. I prayed, I'm good, I'm done. Told him I would pray, and I'm good. I do it too much, <laughs> way too much. Um, I'm definitely guilty of this. Then we have the excuses, right? Well, I told him I would pray. I never said I would be praying. Praying would imply plural. I, I said I would pray, I prayed. I prayed, I'm done. Um, I think there's, you know, there's a lot of excuses. <laughs> but if there's something I can, I can tell you, the next time you tell somebody you're going to pray for them, diligently pray for them, which means not once, not twice. It means multiple times uh, throughout the day and morning, in the evening. When you see them, follow up with them, right? Hey, how's it going? I prayed for you. Um, where are you with this? What's, what's, the, what's the status? I'm going to continue to pray for you. Right? That's praying diligently. That, that's what Jesus would have done, right? Um, you know, how does the Bible tell us to pray? I go to 1 Thessalonians. What does 1 Thessalonians 5.17 say? Pray without ceasing. Right? Pray without ceasing. Do not stop. 
The Colossians 4.2 also, continue steadfastly in prayer. Be watchful in it with thanksgiving. And the other challenge I'm going to throw your way, and not just praying or the number of times you pray, is how often do we pray just because we want something? Something very specific. We don't necessarily give thanks to God just to thank God, right? Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for, you know, saving me. Thank you for dying on the cross. But instead, we go towards our you know, very specific wants of wants and needs. And I'm not saying that's wrong because God wants us to do that. He wants to hear our, our needs. He wants to know what's going on in our lives and he wants us to pray. But I think often uh, we can get it in our minds. I know I've done this before. I've been in situations where I've only prayed when I needed something. And, you know, that's not being diligent. <laughs> that's not praying that's not how prayer should be done, right? Pray with thanks, we should pray with thanksgiving, we should pray without ceasing, Um, we should be steadfast, we should be watchful. Um, The next title that I have is Diligently Love. This is probably the, um, a little hot topic. How do we diligently love? I'm gonna start with husbands, husbands in the room. Husbands, do you diligently love your wives? Do you put their needs ahead of your own? Do you still diligently pursue them and plan and schedule dates? Even if you've been married 20, 30, 40, 50 years, do you still plan dates? Do you still schedule dates? Don't ask my wife that question. (laughs) I struggle. I struggle mightily with that one. But, you know, if you're going to diligently love, you have got to make time for that person. You've got to make time. You've got to give them your all. This goes back to diligently work. Yes, you can diligently work, but you've also got to diligently love. you also got to diligently pray. You can't do just one. You can't want have just one, right? That's not how it goes. So, you know, husbands, are, are we diligent? Not just love our wives, but do we diligently love? Do we diligently pursue them? Do do we diligently pursue after their wants and needs? Um, I've got a couple more questions here for the husbands. These are the reason I'm asking because I struggle with all these. Do you diligently help around the house? Do you watch the kids or the grandkids? Do you diligently do the cooking and the cleaning, et cetera? Um, you know, a lot of times, I think in today's world, we, we associate the housework with the wives. Um, that can be very burdening to wives, sometimes not helpful <laughs> if you're trying to depend on all the housework getting done by the wife. Um, so I just, you know, warn the husbands to be diligent in loving your wife. And that means the little things, like the surprises, the flowers, right? When's the last time we, got our, we surprised our wives and got flowers? It's been a while for me. Um, you know, be diligent in, in your love for, for your wife or your spouse. Um, you know, wives, same question. <clears throat> oh, sorry, I had one more for the husbands. This might, this might start some fights. 
Husbands, are you diligent at completing house projects? I, I think we all struggle with this one. I, my list just keeps growing. I, I don't think I can ever catch up. I, I don't, so I, I don't know that we'll ever be able to. So wives, don't answer that. You're not supposed to answer that one out loud. But, but husbands, are we diligent at completing these house projects? It's, you know, a lot going on, but we've we got to be diligent. We, gotta, we can't, you know, we've got to check things off our list. We can't just let them go. Um, so turn the questions on the wives. Wives, do you diligently love your husbands? And of the, you know, the big question, do you diligently submit to your husbands? Which is you know, bad enough that I'm up here saying that you need to love your husband. Now I'm saying you need to diligently submit to them, right? Um, so do you diligently encourage your husbands? Um, do you diligently pray for your husbands? Same goes for, your, for the husbands to the wives. Just things to, things to consider in the terms of diligence. Um, a country singer, and the reason I bring this up is because usually the Christian songs are obvious. You know, they, they're always about Jesus. Normally in a country song, you don't get one that applies. Well, as I was typing this, <laughs> the song Love Like Crazy from Lee Bryce was playing, and I'm just going to read one verse, and it says, Don't let your bending knees get lazy and love like crazy. And I thought that that applies so well to this. You know, don't let your bending knees, you know, don't let your, your prayers get lazy and love like crazy. Let us remember um, Romans chapter 3. I don't want to get too negative. I don't want to put everybody on the spot. So I, I do want to jump back to, to Romans. Uh, Romans chapter 3, verses 23 and 24. I want to remember this. For we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, but are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ, or Christ Jesus, sorry. Meaning God makes us right in his sight. He sent his one and only son, Jesus, to set us free from sin. So no matter how many times we struggle with these things, struggle with, struggle with diligently loving, um, or, you know, uh, diligently reading our Bibles. It, it's all about what Jesus did. It, it's all about what Jesus did for us. The next topic I have is diligently pursue fighting sin. Thank you. So I took the, the word diligent and used it in, in the sense of fighting sin. So are we diligent in pursuing fighting sins and sin's temptations. What does that mean? Are we dabbling around in sin as opposed to avoiding it? Well, I just got a little bit angry, um, but it was only because of what you said that made me mad, right? It was your fault, not mine. If you wouldn't have said that, then I wouldn't have got angry. So, you know, are we, are we fighting sin or are we... Even sinning worse by going down that, the wrong path. Uh, that's just a question that I wanted to ask you. Um, you know, I was just a little bit jealous because of the way you said it. <laughs> you know, th things like this, these conflicting statements that we toss around in our heads where we try to blame the other person for our own sinful nature. Um, you know, I just, I want us to be cognizant, to be diligent in fighting our, our everyday little sins, big or small. 
um, you got to be diligent in fighting sin before it takes over your life, right? You could let the little small things, the little lies. Well, I, I just told a little lie. I mean, it was, I just lied about that I didn't take the apple and I took the apple. Yeah, but that little lie turns into another one. Then turns into another one and another. And before you know it, you're spiraling out of control. Um, so I, I just want to make sure that uh, we remember to diligently pursue fighting tendencies to sin. Um, you know, I, I threw this out there. Are you crazy? You want me to delete my Facebook and Instagram account? On what grounds? Why would I do that? Uh, that's, you know, all my friends are on Instagram. All my friends are on, on Facebook. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm good. I'm under control. Uh, I had to delete my Facebook account about two months after getting married. Um, I, and I did. I, I, I knew that if I wanted to stay married, that I, would not be, I could not be on Facebook. I, I, and I'm not saying that, you know, Facebook is wrong or it's bad. It's just a matter of fact for me um, that... If I wanted to stay married and stay truthful to my wife, Facebook was not an option for me. Um, and and it, it went away. Um, so I, for me, there was nothing really good happening on Facebook. Um, and I can say that you know, to a lot of the different social medias that are out there these days, are we diligently pursuing fighting sin or is, it, or is sin always right here at our fingertips in our phone? If it is, you got to do something about it, right? Diligently pursue fighting sin. The next topic that I have is diligently reading the Bible. So that's the first question. Are you diligently reading the Bible? It's a very common question, right? We, you, you hear the pastors stand up here a lot and say, you need to read your Bible. But, but are you? you know, are you diligently reading? That doesn't mean, well, yeah. Um, that's why I go to fellowship group. We read there. I'm good. I mean, that's why I signed up. Or that's why I go to church on Sunday. I hear the, the gospel then. That's, that's not good enough. You know, that's, that's just not going to cut it. Um, you have to be diligent about reading your Bible. And I recommend making some type of reading plan, whether it's a morning plan, an evening plan. Before you go to bed plan, you, you've got to be it goes back to the term consistent. If you're not consistent, you're not going to be diligent. So are we reading our Bibles? I already read the whole book, right? Why do I need to read it again? I've heard that before. I already read the whole book. I'll read it when I have time. I'll read it when I have time, right? I'll read it after I pray, after I diligently pray and diligently love my wife. And, you know, I'll have a plenty of time later. You know, we, we constantly come up with these excuses about reading or not reading our Bible. And I just want to, if you're not, if you are not daily doing your Bible reading, I do not believe you're fully growing in your potential to, to know and love the Lord. I, I really do believe that it, it has to be on a daily basis. Whether it's a minute or two a day, I, I really think the Bible needs to be priority in your, in your daily life. Um, we have so many opportunities these days to access the Bible. The, the apps, I mean, I have the Bible app on my phone. I get a verse, you know, in the morning. Um, smartphones, 
smartphones, you can have it at your fingertips. Now, the iPods, the iPads, you know, but for some reason, we always seem to drift. I'm guilty. We always drift towards the other social media, right? What's the first thing we do when we wake up? I got to check Instagram, right? I gotta, did I get any text messages? And then we get you know, caught off guard and we forget, right? We, we've already started down a forgetful path or, or the laziness path. And, and we don't go back to reading our Bibles. Um, so definitely read your Bible. Be diligent about it. Um, if, if it helps, if it helps to get in a group, if it helps to meet with a family member, meet with a friend, even on a weekly basis, read the Bible. Go through it with a friend. Um, you know, don't make excuses if you're grandparents or parents. Read it to your children. Children's, there's children's Bibles. You know, the, the young adult Bibles. There, there's plenty of resources out there. And, and I really do, I've read a, a lot of Christian books, but I, from personal experience, I can say that the, the books are great. You know, the, the books are very helpful, but it's not the Bible. I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like we can't, take books and, pl- and place them in place of the Bible because they're not. You really have to get into the Word and you have to be consistent about it. You have to be diligent about it. It will affect your everyday life. I guarantee it. Um, now I just want to throw out some of the, the negatives, the diligent negatives, I call them. Um, I'm just going to ask some questions. Don't answer them. Are you diligent at checking your Facebook and Instagram? and other social media accounts. Do you spend half the time praying as you do on social media in any given day? Are you diligently checking your fantasy football lineup? I'm actually guilty of that one. I'm I'm a big fantasy football guy. (laughs) I am guilty of that one. Are you diligently playing video games if you're teens or into video games? Are you diligent at sending text messages and emails and replying right away? When is the last time you did something out of the ordinary or something personal for someone? Whether that be hold a door open, uh, pay for somebody's groceries at the grocery store, um, diligently pursue um, a sick person, uh, go, to, go to the hospital, see, visit the elderly. You know, when, when is the last time we, we did things like this? Um, Are you diligent at making excuses to stay home? Uh, I know I did this during COVID, right? It's COVID. I can't go to church. I could get COVID. (laughs) Um, I mean, it's it's easy to get caught in these these everyday facets of life, and and you get get stuck, right? Um, You know, COVID's out there. I'm not going to go to church. Um, The pastors smell too bad. I'm not going to church. Mark, I wasn't talking about you. <clears throat> my dog doesn't feel good. I'm not, I can't go to fellowship group. My dog's sick, right? I mean, I, I think we've, we, we, we're very good at excuses for some reason. I know I am. I am very, very good. I'm very diligent at coming up with excuses. But I'm not so diligent at praying. I'm not so diligent at reading my Bible. And, and I think that's, that's the main focus that I want to get across to you tonight is don't be diligent at the negatives. There are so many other um, words you can apply diligent to in the Bible. 
um, diligently, you name it. I mean, it could be numerous things. So just think of it in, in that term. Are you, are you diligently pursuing the negatives, the things that are pulling you away from the Lord? Or are you diligently pursuing good that is drawing you closer to the Lord? Um, so I just, I ask you to, to question that. Um, are you diligently asking God for forgiveness? I, I know as Christians we can, we can forget this, right? It's a free gift. Are, are we waking up every day and, God, please forgive me for, you know, being rude yesterday or, or lying or whatever the sin may be. It, it's, a, it's a free gift. You know, we don't have to hold it back. You know, this, this is what's tough for me. I grew up Catholic, right? So we had to, you know, reconciliation, go to the, the priest and tell him our sins. It was, the, it was the worst thing ever. You know, I mean, I dreaded it. I, I was, it was horrible. And not only that, you would go and you wouldn't tell him all the sins. So then you'd leave and feel worse, you know. And then you're going, oh, he's told me to do, what do you say, three Hail, three Hail Marys and four Our Fathers? I better do 12 each because I, you know, I really blew it. You know, so you're in your struggle. That's not, that's not how this works. Forgiveness. It's forgiveness. I mean, you're free. We are free. We, we are free. I mean, God gave us as a free gift. We need to, to use that. We need to ask for forgiveness, not only from God, but from others, right? If we did something, if we offended somebody, the Bible says go to that person. You will feel better, I guarantee it. It it might hurt to go to them and to say you're sorry, right? But that's what the Bible tells us to do. And I think think it's very important to be be diligent. what are some other negatives? I, I didn't write any other ones down. Um, I have one, kind of one about my, my three-year-old. So my three-year-old son, Everest, he is very diligent at asking for a snack. I mean, he, he will do whatever it takes any time of the day to get a snack. And it always starts out very innocent, right? Daddy, can I have a snack? No, you got to eat your dinner first. So he'll go and take one bite. Daddy, can I have a snack? Five more bites. He'll go and take two more bites. <laughs> Daddy, can I have a snack? Daddy, can I have a snack? I mean, he's losing his mind, right? He's th- I mean, he's throwing himself on the ground. And oh, it's, it's, it's just comical, right? It's comical what we do or what our children do. We've all done it, though. I mean... Why aren't we throwing ourselves on the ground, on our knees, praying to Jesus? Why, why can't we be like a three-year-old in that regard? Why can't we pray like they complain about getting a snack? So I have a couple key takeaways. Um, so like Everest has a desire for a snack, we should have a desire for a relationship with God. We should seriously and sincerely desire a relationship with the Lord. What does that entail? Basically everything I just said. Diligently pray. Diligently forgive. Diligently work. Um, Diligently be a husband. Diligently be a wife. Right? Um, We need to cry out to God and be diligent to get to know him. You know, you're not going to get to know him if you don't read your Bible. So be diligent about it, and let's read, let's get to know him. 
and let's, let's be like Everest, who wants a snack. Uh, the second one, <clears throat> work diligently like you are working for God's glory. Not to please man, but to honor God. You know, we don't, we don't work just, just to please individuals. We don't work, uh, you know, that's not the sole purpose in life. Yes, we, have to, we all have to raise families. We all have to, um, you know, make money to pay our bills. But I just, I just want to make sure that through that job, whatever it is, that we're honoring God in everything and every aspect that we do. The third one is pray, pray diligently. That doesn't mean once. That doesn't mean twice. But multiple times for multiple days. And the next time you say, I'm going to pray for you, I want you to seriously think about what you just said and do it diligently. Honor God. And then follow up with them. Hey, how's it going? I know I prayed for you. You still want me to pray? But there's, there's a very important thing we all have to remember. It is through God's grace and mercy that we can persevere. Remember that Jesus died to take away our sins. His mercies are new every single day. And through his almighty power, he is able to forgive us of our sins and give us new life. We are not alone. We have God in this. Um, we have prayer. We have many things we can do to be diligent in our lives. Um, so I, I just, that's my takeaway from this is evaluate your life. Evaluate maybe certain aspects of your life where maybe you're being diligent towards the negatives and we need to steer more towards the positives. Be diligent in prayer. Be diligent towards our children. Um, you know, be diligent um, husbands and wives. So that was my takeaway from um, that verse in Proverbs. I know I kind of went into practical, practicality applications. Um, I know that's probably way too short. That's almost eight o'clock. And Mark's going to answer all of your questions and comments because I'm an engineer, not a pastor. <laughs> but no, honestly, that's, that's all I had. Um, I hope you can take something from that, learn from it. I definitely learned a lot on diligence. I think um, the term can be applied to almost every, everything you do in every aspect of your life. That's all I had. Thank you. I said he would answer all the questions you have. <laughs> if you have questions, yeah, question, this is your question and comment period. Yeah. You might have to scream it. I don't know. I can't see. Is that Don or Tim? The light's too bright. All right. <laughs> so how can a Christian... Let me say that one more time. I'm going to say it out loud in here. In our lives, how can we also, at the same time, rest in the Lord? I mean, because I know that rest, resting in God, you think about that. Yeah, I think that's... Um, I think we can diligently rest in the Lord knowing that how, you know, he, he died for us. He died and saved us for our sins. 
and he already paid the penalty for our sins. I mean, that helps me <laughs> rest. I know that's common, common practice, but that's, that's the way I look at it is, you know, we rest in knowing, we rest assured knowing that God has already done it. Jesus, God has already sent Jesus to die on the cross for us, for our sins. He died and rose for our, for our sins. So it's, there's nothing we can do um, to earn his, you know, earn his respect and earn our way into heaven.